Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Eyes on Earth. We're a podcast that focuses on our ever-changing planet and on the people here at Eros and across the world who use remote sensing to monitor and study the well-being of Earth. I'm your host, Steve Young. Today's guest is Francis Jomo. He is a remote sensing research scientist working with ASRC Federal, a contractor of the USGS Eros. Francis' focus here at the center is on land change monitoring, assessment, and projection, a project we call LCMAP. But today we're interested in talking about his previous work for the Forestry Research Institute in his native Ghana. Francis relied a lot on Landsat images for that work, looking at how forests in his homeland and the surrounding subregion of Western Africa have changed under the influence of climate, land use, wildfires, and more. Welcome, Francis. Thank you, Steve. Francis, as I understand it, your homeland of Ghana historically was largely forested, and now people say that maybe 20% of those historical forests remain. What happened to them? Historically, we've had like um, a third of the country, that's approximately like 8 million hectares of the country was originally forested, even way back into the 1900s. But now we are down to close to like 2 million, so you are right to say that. And these kind of changes were mainly driven by population growth, and economic factors in that the the lot of people who rely on forest resources for various uses, but then the government also relies on a lot of the revenue from timber exports. But then back to the agriculture, you know, we've had very rapid population growth. And when you have that, what it means is that you have to grow more food to feed the people. And that has led to more clearing of the forests, you know, for agriculture expansion. One of the major economic uh, avenues for Ghana as a country is also cocoa, which is the raw material for making chocolate around the world. A um, lot of people are into that, and traditionally people have to pull down the forest in order to plant cocoa. Is the electrical grid such that people rely more on woody biomass for energy in West Africa? So uh, in big cities, uh, you have most people using, say, liquefied petroleum gas, and very few people use electricity for heating and cooking. One, because it's not readily available all the time, and it's also expensive. And so in these cities, people still rely on, you know, wood fuel. When you go more to the rural areas where we have most of the people, it's mainly wood fuel, either in the form of firewood or charcoal, you know. So that has also been a significant contribution to the declining, you know, forest resources. You talked a little bit about how the growth in agriculture and the expansion of agriculture means forests get cut down so that there can be more agriculture. Um, you've also indicated, I think, in different times that such things as climate, logging, are all having an impact in forests there. How so? Ideally, uh, a tropical forest like what we have in Ghana retains more moisture because the canopy is closed. So it's usually wetter and it's difficult to burn it. Now, 
when you start removing a lot of the trees, you are reducing the canopy, so you have more light, sunlight coming in. You remove more trees, the tree debris that are left get dried up. They are fuels that are being accumulated. Now we have a lot of agriculture around this forest, and fire is the main tool that people use to clear their land. Fire can easily escape from these agricultural fields, and even sometimes people who use fire for hunting animals. These fires enter the forest, and it easily burns because the canopy is open, there's more sunlight drying. And of course, when there's so much opening, uh, wind is able to, you know, quickly spread through and is able to burn these forests. Now, from the work we're doing, and that has been done in other parts of the world, what happens is that the first time when the forest is being burned, it's a little bit harder. But once it burns, then subsequently it's easy to burn. So, for instance, the first time maybe it would take a big drought for the fire to start. But when the first fire burns, what happens? It kills more trees. Those trees eventually become wood fuel. So the next time another fire comes, there's a lot of fuel already to burn, and then the impact becomes bigger. When you are into that kind of situation, it's very hard for the forest to come back because anytime you burn, you are increasing the quantity of fuel that you have within the forest. And now it's even becoming more challenging because with climate change and climate variability, we are having more droughts. And when you have more drought with high temperatures, they help to speed up these fires and make the fires even more severe and create more impact, negative impact within the forests. So you do all this work using remote sensing. Do you then turn what you find out over to decision makers in your country? I mean, do they buy into what you're providing them from a remote sensing standpoint? Or? We are scientists, but we try to bring the decision makers in you know, as much as we can. So for some of my work, we've been able to show how vulnerable the forests have become. And if you look at the region, there are projections that the, there is going to be more droughts and in most places, temperatures are also going to rise. So it tells the managers of these resources the threats that they are facing, how they are evolving and how they can plan to manage these resources. But quite recently, we, with my work in um, University of Oklahoma, we developed a forest monitoring system entirely based on Landsat data. So we take thousands of the Landsat data and we are able to track forest changes. And that is able to provide estimates of the changes that are occurring within the forests every single year. Now that is quite important because Ghana has signed on to the United Nations Climate Initiatives. And with that, you should be able to account for changes in your forests and how that translates into carbon that is, you know, uh, threatening the stability of our climate. But more importantly, they are able to also target where the deforestations are occurring, where the fire is occurring, so that they can manage to reduce these losses and also enhance the ability of the forest to recover from these disturbances. 
So how important are forests culturally in Ghana? I mean, is there something culturally significant about forests? That's an interesting question. Yes. Forest land and forest resources play a very significant role within the cultural and the spiritual life of the people. In certain localities, there are certain rituals and festivities that are only performed inside the forests. And some of those rituals, you only do them with certain kind of either tree species or animal species that are only found in certain kinds of forests. There are places where like very important people in the community, like the chiefs and the kings and the royalty, when they are dead, there are particular places where they are buried. So in some communities you go, all the forest around the place is gone, but you see what we call sacred groves, you know, because that's where the chiefs and the kings, you know, they are buried. Um, a lot of our water and major rivers and lakes are taken from this forest. And even within the spiritual, apart from water being, you know, uh, linked to our lives, they also have cultural significance to the people. I would say that even the language that we speak, um, certain kind of tree species and animal species and other resources within the forest are linked to the way we speak, you know, the proverbs and the idioms and all that. We talk about folk tales and stories and we talk about heroes and all that, you know, the monster in the forest, spirits in the forest, the dwarfs and all that. They are all linked to the forest. So um, when we are losing these forests, it means a lot to the people culturally. How do you use remote sensing to track all of this? We are talking about looking at the forests, the location of where things are happening when it happened. And it is only remote sensing technology that can be able to do that, to be able to track where and when things happened and what has been the consequence when those events happen. Without remote sensing, um, we would not be talking about it. It's the only technology that gives very verifiable information, and especially for larger areas, like we're talking about the whole forest zone of Ghana. And Landsat, I mean, has that been an important part of the whole remote sensing arsenal you use? And if so, how? Yes, Landsat has been the launchpad for most of this research. Landsat has the capability to show us what is happening within the landscape. So we are able to track where these are happening on the landscape. But more importantly, we can go back far into history. Landsat has been around since 1972. So we can you know, track these changes at a scale that is relevant to the people, as well as providing historical context to these changes. And when you are working in developing countries, Landsat, which is provided by the USGS free of charge anywhere in the world, it's a significant thing because you don't have to bother about, you know, what is the budget line for buying data. Now it's freely available, the entire archive. And that has been a very rich um, resource for doing all this. Without that, we will not be talking about any of this research. So are the forests recovering? Yes, so that is um, 
There are mixed responses all over. Uh, there are few places where the forests are able to come back upon disturbance, but largely we have locations that are losing the ability to recover, especially if you look on the northern portion of the, um, and to even to the east, uh, eastern portion of the forest zone of Ghana, because most of these areas had been heavily logged already, and they've had fires that keep you know repeating. So the forests don't get enough time to recover upon disturbance because you know you have multiple fires you know successively over years, and when you have droughts, it makes things complicated for these forests to recover. Are you optimistic about the ability of Ghana and West Africa to successfully regrow their forests in the future? Um, that is, I wish we can do that to recover these forests that have been lost over the years. But what I see is that the challenge is even more daunting now because now there are other drivers that are making things more complicated, climate change, more frequent droughts and higher temperatures. That makes things more complicated. We would need more efforts and much more resources than before to be able to recover this forest. So it's a possibility, but it demands far more effort than we have, we have been doing over the years. We've been talking to Francis Jomo, a remote sensing research scientist at Eros who in previous work has used Landsat and remote sensing to look at the important issues of forest health and degradation in West Africa, including his Ghana homeland. Fascinating conversation, Francis. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Steve. We hope you come back for the next episode of Eyes on Earth. This podcast is a product of the U.S. Geological Survey, Department of the Interior. Thanks for joining us.